Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, a show where we talk to experts who've taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have sailed around the world to those who've started thriving businesses and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. This is episode 18 with rock climbing legend, Chris Sharma. This episode was brought to you by Prana. Prana makes kick-ass clothes made to go everywhere you go, whether it's from work, surfing, yoga, the gym, and so much more. They also keep the environment in mind when they make their products so you can feel good about wearing them. And they sponsor some badass athletes, including Amy Ippoliti, Chris Sharma, and Chris Burkhardt, who've all been on this show. I recently took a pair of pants called the Halley Pant on an overnight hiking trip. They completely held up, looked good, and made me feel great hiking in them all day long. If you go to prana.com right now, you can get any full-priced item for 20% off when you enter the code WILDIDEAS. Chris Sharma is arguably one of the best rock climbers in the world. Originally from Santa Cruz, Chris has climbed and established routes no one has ever climbed before. He started really young, mostly in gyms, and now he lives in Barcelona, Spain with his wife and their baby daughter. He talks about his philosophies to climbing and his philosophies to life. He also talks about deep water soloing, which is mostly what he does today. It's climbing these steep rock faces and cliffs that overlook the water, and he does it all without ropes and harnesses. We talk a lot about the sport, its evolution, living in Spain, what it was like to be a stunt double for the movie Point Break, and so much more. Chris is a living legend. So many people told me they were so excited I got to interview him in person. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. Today we have Chris Sharma at Wild Ideas Worth Living. Chris, thanks so much for coming on and meeting me in San Diego. Yeah, Shelby. Great to, great to be here with you. So Thank you. And thanks cool. to JK for letting us use his house. Um, Absolutely. And having us over for wine. So if there's some music in the background, we're, we're sort of at a dinner party, actually, <laughs> which is kind of awesome. But Chris, can you maybe tell us a little bit about why you're actually in San Diego and, and here? Because you don't even live here anymore. You live in Spain. Yeah, well, I'm from Santa Cruz, but um, I'm down here in San Diego. Actually, going to an athlete summit at Prana tomorrow. Been working with Prana for over 20 years. And it's been one of my main sponsors, and um, it's really been like my family almost for for a long time. Um, so yeah, it's great to be back here and and just connect with you know so many people. You know, I I got here a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I've been all over the state and just kind of reconnecting with my roots. You know, so it's it's good to be back. That's awesome. Well, I think everybody's pretty excited to see you. Have you been any to any of those new rock climbing gyms that have opened up recently? Uh, yeah, actually, I was just at the Sender One LAX grand opening. So Sender One is a climbing gym that I helped. Uh, I was one of the founders about five years ago. And they just opened their second location in uh, in Los Angeles. So I was just there yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. Which is, yeah, it's uh, it's been an amazing, amazing thing to see the sport kind of blowing up and in particular through the climbing gyms. And it's just so neat. You know, climbing has always been this very fringe sport and... Um, you know, we've so many people, including myself, we've all just kind of dedicated our lives for the passion of this. And it's, it's pretty neat to see it kind of being recognized in more of the mainstream. So it's, uh, it's 
need time for, for a sport for it, sure. It's funny. Johnny and I just went to a climbing gym in Oceanside and it was so nice. It was all open on the beach. They had coffee and kombucha and it was like no climbing gym I'd ever been to. It's becoming so much more welcoming. So it's really fun to see that take off. Is that happening in other countries or just kind of here? I think it's happening all over the world for sure. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm living in Barcelona now and we just opened up another climbing gym there. And I think what's happening in the U.S. is a little bit ahead of the curve. I mean, I think that's pretty common with a lot of things. But, um, you know, people have been climbing all over the world, especially in Europe. Um, people have kind of been ahead of the Americans for many years. So it's interesting to see the kind of the, the sport of indoor climbing kind of come up, grow up here first. And now it's kind of... You know, we've started a climbing gym in Barcelona and kind of importing this new this new concept in a way. That's cool. What's the name of the climbing gym in Barcelona? Our new gym is called Sharma Climbing. So of it's course. it's like my 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 home gym. You know, it's uh, my wife and I. We started it. It's really like a wow. like a mom and pop thing, and it's been it's been a cool kind of next step in our in my evolution as a climber, but also like our you know our path as a family and everything you know living in barcelona and yeah it's interesting to climbing i think similar to surfing it's this amazing sport that that takes us all over the world and about 10 years ago i ended up in spain or even a little bit more and just got into a really good groove um for for surfers it might be like going to the north shore of hawaii or indonesia or somewhere but for climbers going to the region of catalonia in spain is it's kind of the epicenter so i ended up there actually um, deep water soloing in Mallorca and was kind of just like this, I love this place and ended up kind of making it my home. Can you tell, can you tell me, I mean, I'm a little inept when it comes to climbing. I'm a little new and I know a lot of people listening might, well, I don't know, some people might not know what, what is deep water soloing? So deep water soloing, also known as Seco block is a form of climbing where we climb sea cliffs. Uh, overhanging sea cliffs so you climb up to um, 75 feet up sometimes with no ropes and because it's overhanging if you fall you hit nothing you just land in the water of course falling from that high up can be kind of dangerous and it's it is like an, a pretty extreme form of climbing but for me it's so cool it's it really is like bringing all of the the different styles of climbing into one and kind of um, combining that with the ocean as well for me it's super special because, you know, I grew up in Santa Cruz. I grew up surfing with my dad. And when I started getting into rock climbing, of course, that took me more towards the mountains. And when I've kind of came across this, this style of climbing, it was, it just, everything clicked and kind of gave a whole new resurgence to my motivation for the sport and where, where I could take things because, you know, it was bringing, you know, mixing climbing with the ocean and, you know, in climbing as well, like maybe the ultimate feeling is to climb super high up with no ropes and just it's a super pure, amazing experience. But, you know, if you fall, usually, you know, that's that's it. Like you're dead, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you And so the, <laughs> the cool thing is with deep water soloing is that you can have that same experience, but, you know, if you fall, you're you're okay. You know, the... Are you that, okay though? I mean, there's gotta be times where you're falling pretty far in the water. For sure, like if you can, you can fall in a bad position. But um, the main 
challenge can be getting back onto the wall. You know, it's like sometimes where we're climbing in, in Mallorca, it's cliff line for miles and miles on either side. So it's, um, yeah, if you fall in and there's really choppy waves or something, then it can be really difficult or almost impossible to get back on the wall. And that's when it could, you know, especially if you're just super exhausted from climbing, you fall in. And um, it's interesting because you have, of course, so many really talented climbers, but you also need to be kind of a water person to be able to to manage this whole other side of, of deep water soloing. And it's pretty cool. For me, It's it really is like mixing my two favorite worlds and uh it's kind of that's kind of how i ended up in spain actually because i found that style of climbing and just fell in love with it and so yeah and it's pretty did, cool did you meet a girl there or so yeah i met um i met my wife her name's jimena and uh, we we settled in barcelona she's actually venezuelan but her family's from barcelona and so yeah it's been a it's been a new adventure you know the last few years we we opened up a climbing gym we started a family. We have a beautiful daughter. And and also, I mean, just for me, like living in a city has been a new experience. You know, I'm, I've always been more in the mountains and it's been a new experience for sure, living in the city. You know, for me, climbing has always been about being in nature and it's been cool. It's been kind of open, you know, mind, mind opening and expanding my horizons and just kind of embracing new things. Um, one of the really cool things about that is that like when you're in a city that it's like to have, you know, have a project, you know, just like I have a project when I'm rock climbing. And for us, it was building this climbing gym, build, and which is, which is more than just a, a place to work out. It's like this, you know, international meeting point for climbers. So for, as I mentioned, people come from all over the world to come climbing in Spain and everyone arrives in Barcelona. So this gym that we built is kind of this, this international meeting point And it's been really cool kind of, creating that space and getting all these new people into the sport. And it's kind of been this next step for me in my, my progression of climbing to continue sharing my passion with people. And, and, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been cool, you know, just kind of embracing life and, and it's cool. All the different places, uh, life or, or for me, climbing has taken me, you know, so climbing has taken me all over the world has brought me into contact with all these amazing people. I mean, like, like JK here, I mean, so many others. And uh, now all of a sudden I'm in, in Barcelona, I'm running a business and all that has been facilitated through this this act of just climbing up a rock, you know? So it's it's interesting how we can, you know, we can learn so much from anything, right? Just depending on how we look at things. And you started really young climbing. I started in 1993 when I was 12. So nowadays that's kind of old, but... Interesting. But back in 1993, there was very few kids yeah. doing it, and I was one of the, the first, you know, first wave of gym climbers actually. So I started climbing in a climbing gym in Santa Cruz called Pacific Edge, and yeah, I mean, I I guess the rest is kind of history, right? But like, uh, that's how I got my start, and it was really different from how most climbers got their start, especially at that moment. Usually, it was like, you know your big brother or your uncle's friend or something takes you to the mountains and teaches you and it's just a much slower learning curve. And when you, and that's why we're seeing so much progression in climbing with, with younger kids, especially, uh, you have these climbing gyms that are a super controlled environment and, uh, you know, you can just progress really rapidly. So that's kind of 
maybe how I got a, ahead of everyone at such a young age. But uh, but it's been an amazing journey and just super grateful and people feel honored and blessed to be you know be in the situation that I'm in. People people speak so highly of you, Chris. Like when I tell people I was going to interview you, they were so excited. Like, <laughs> that guy's a legend and he's humble. I mean, he is climbing, which is such a great compliment. I have to ask you though. I watched the movie Point Break, uh-huh. um, and you were one of the the main guys, stuntmen in the rock climbing scenes. That was such an incredible scene. I mean, there's a bunch of scenes with rock climbing, and I didn't realize that was you. Yeah. What was yeah. it like filming that movie? It was a new experience, as I said, like embracing new experiences. It, it it was cool. It was. I've done a lot of filming over the years, making making climbing films, and this was definitely like. A bit of a different story, you know. We had, we filmed uh, at Angel Falls in Venezuela, and it was. I mean, for me, that's really one of the most spectacular places on the planet for rock climbing. And actually, I, I worked with the director to kind of help select the location where we shot it. I helped train some of the the actors as well, and so it was cool, kind of from a bunch of different angles to kind of help out with the film, and of course doing the. This being the stunt double for one of the characters was was cool. You know, it was been it's crazy. It was it was a cool experience. We were flying around in helicopters every day and I just I know a lot of the guys who are in the surf scenes for it and they just speak so highly of that film. They're like being in point break was I mean the budget alone was just awesome. Yeah. But it was such a good experience. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, for me, the way it all came about, so a very close friend of mine is um, best friends with the director and um, the director Eric Sincor. He's a very down to earth guy, and he wanted to do everything as you know accurate and uh, authentic as possible. So he got all of us involved. You know, all the best cool. best people from all of their sports. Yeah. You know, and we all ended up meeting up along the way too because we were in different scenes where there was these party scenes where all of these people kind of were there, and I that. it was super cool. You know, I met up with uh, with Xavier De La Rue and. Uh, and then during the premiere, met up with a bunch of the surfers like Mark Healy, and it was cool. It was, for me, it was an honor to be a part of that whole thing and kind of just represent my sport on a on a big platform like that. And I mean, everyone can, is going to have their opinion about the film, but I am actually very happy with how the the climbing scene was was done. And to me, the climbing scene was was probably my favorite. It was it, so it was amazing. cool. It was cool. I mean, it was pretty elaborate what they had to do. I mean where we filmed was it's like a six day walk from any civilization. I wow. mean, there's nothing out there. So we, they brought a Hollywood set into the middle of the wilderness and everyone was camping in the jungle. So it was pretty unique and it was all kind of felt family style in a way. So even though it was this huge production, we were, we were all kind of connected, you know, like, you know, I knew the director from this guy and then all the riggers were friends of mine from different places and we all kind of, you know, it's oh. it's really interesting as you go through life and you have all these different connections from friends of friends and it's amazing how interconnected we all are and it's pretty pretty neat to see, you know, over the years and, you know, so yeah, it was a cool experience. I want to talk to you a little bit before I forget. I've heard you meditate and do yoga I'm just curious what type of meditation you do, what type of yoga you do. Um, well, so like I grew up in Santa Cruz. I grew up, um, you know, my last name is Sharma, is Sanskrit. I grew up uh, uh, going to school at Mount Madonna Center. Uh, my parents were students from Baba Haridas. And 
that's kind of just the background of my my uh, childhood, right? So, you know. So it's a good example of if you raise your kids doing yoga and meditation, <laughs> they're going to turn out to be a world-class climber or world-class athlete. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like whenever um, someone is maybe going through difficult times in their life, they'll fall back on those different types of traditions, right? Um, uh, and for me, you know, I had a, a bad injury when I was 17. I had kind of committed my whole life to being a climber. Suddenly I couldn't climb, and it was a, it was a very challenging moment in my life. And I, um, yeah, kind of, you know, really connected with meditation and Buddhism and, and yoga as well during that time. And, and so, yeah, that's definitely like a, a part of who I am. And, and I think, yeah, definitely kind of like altered my, the course of my, my career as well, I think. You know, it made, made me that moment when I, I had committed everything to be a pro athlete and then I couldn't do it. It really made me see how fragile everything is and how, uh, how important it is to kind of like be grounded in, in, you know, and be happy in, in the right way, I guess. And, um, not just, I don't know, get too caught up in winning or, or being famous or anything like that. And in some ways made me kind of see like the shallowness and all of that. But I think, also, um, you know, coming back for me, climbing is a very meditative sport. It's a, it's a way of connecting with yourself, with with other people, with nat- with the nature, and you know, I think all of the exp- experiences that I've, I've had have led me back to climbing as as really my way of of sharing positive, you know, energy in the world. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's all connected, you know, and and that's yeah. a big part of who I am growing up and. Um, when I couldn't climb, I definitely like immersed myself in that. And then once I recovered again, um, you know, climbing in so many ways kind of fulfills that for me. So, so do you do yoga every day or meditation every day or do you just climb? I, I mostly just climb, you know, um, and probably should do more yoga and more meditation, but you know, I've got my own uh, laziness, you know, sometimes, but, uh, I don't know if you're lazy, but, but anyways, <laughs> you know, climbing, you know, I've, especially now that uh, I mean it has been a, a huge source of happiness for my whole life. But I wanted to see your hands; they don't look totally beat up. They look no. really nice. He yeah. has beautiful hands. I thought he was going to have these <laughs> giant climber hands with tons of calluses. They're pretty big hands. They look really strong, actually. But I was yeah. expecting a little rougher hands. Well, sorry, dirty sorry, hands. sorry to let you down. No, you're not letting me down at all. It's awesome. You're really strong. And I just watched a video of you and you looked super strong and agile and, and it's cool. And, you know, I just had this vision of you doing yoga every day and stretching and splits because you can, you can get into these crazy positions, but really you just climb. Yeah. You know, I mean, even with climbing, like my way is not necessarily the recommended way. You know, I don't warm up enough. I don't stretch enough, but you know, for me, it's, it really is like this lifestyle and it's something I've been doing for so long that it's, it really is, almost, it's like second nature for me. So yeah, the um, best surfer I know doesn't do anything. He just surfs. Yeah. So, so there might be something to it. I mean, I think, uh, don't necessarily follow that example, but, um, but you know, it's interesting for me actually as, you know, I'm 35 now and, not only am I getting a little bit older, but also the level. I was going to tell you to watch that old comment. <laughs> but like the level of like what people are climbing nowadays is so much higher yeah. than, you know, 20 years ago. So for me, I, 
you know, I'm still trying to push my limits. I'm still trying to to do more difficult things. And I found that I have become more of an athlete. I've become more disciplined and a little more regimented in the in my recent years. Is there anything? Is there any ways you eat or? Um, I try to eat pretty healthy. healthy. I try to eat lots of vegetables and oatmeal and fish and take more vitamins these days and stuff like that because climbing is like very much uh it's an interesting sport it's it's very much like a martial art it's very much about really fine-tuning your senses and your body and yeah you're fighting gravity right so like you know you you stop climbing for two weeks and you really notice the difference you know it's it really is this uh you you know you fine-tune your body into this this machine to and it's a it's a cool process it uh, requires a lot of, you know, perfection and, um, yeah, it's cool climbing. Is, I mean, and I think it's something that anyone can experience kind of pushing your limits, you know, whether you're climbing 510 or 515, um, if people that don't know about those grades, they're just different, different levels on the scale, but really the experience of attempting something that maybe seems out of, out of your range that seems, you know, beyond you. And then through, this process of kind of failing and working and kind of beating your head against the wall, discovering that you're capable of doing something even even harder than you thought. It's it's really an amazing kind of uh, amazing experience, amazing process, and uh, you know, just kind of you know, every time you get to the top of a, a project or you know a mountain, it's you realize that you're capable of doing more, and it's uh, yeah, it's all connected with you know kind of just training and getting stronger and getting more fit and also your your experience you know was was there ever a time where you did fail in life or we talk a lot about success on this show and i think that like part of having a wild idea and living a little wildly sometimes means you kind of go through some failure yeah is there a time that you remember that that really shaped you or well um you know, my life is kind of defined by these these different projects that I've had over the years. You know, I've sought out these beautiful rock faces around the world and these these cliffs that are just barely possible or maybe they almost seem impossible. And, um, and yet many, many times I've been kind of confronted with failure and it's a, it's a, difficult experience to have you know it's it's very humbling and and kind of a very necessary part of the process actually you know sometimes in order to succeed you have to kind of confront failure and accept it and and kind of let go and and those are those magical moments it's really interesting um kind of through each of my these different projects that i've had i've you know you go through this phase of seeing something that inspires you kind of wanting to achieve it you get attached to that achievement and uh, somehow that attachment can also make, uh, create a lot of obstacles in actually achieving it. And, you know, oftentimes it can be very frustrating and I've fallen sometimes hundreds of times over, you know, the period of during years of just trying one thing over and over again. And, uh, yeah, it's it can be really intense, but those are some of the experiences that really you you're forced to kind of, you know, learn about yourself and um, grow as a person, right? And that's kind of the cool thing is that climbing being my main 
source of, uh, you know, everything in my life, you know, that's, that it can facilitate that type of growth, right? It's not just about, um, winning or something. It really is about all these experiences that you have along the way. And, um, so it's pretty cool. That is cool. Thank, thanks for sharing that. I, I think you're really good about not being attached to things and you have this incredible perspective at a really young age. You can tell your parents <laughs> must have taught you all these things really young or I don't know. It's just really refreshing to see. I sort of wanted to talk to you a little bit about being a dad because that's just a full new adventure that you've had and wondering if there's been any lessons that from climbing have sort of translated over to the adventure of being a dad. Um, well, yeah. So like, um, I mean, it's a crazy, crazy new experience in my life and it's this amazing new chapter. But yeah, as you said, like comparing climbing to being a dad. So like, you know, when you're, um, when you're climbing and you're cheering your friend on, it's like, you're like telling them like, focus, like breathe, you got it, like go for it. Like, come on, you can do it. And when my wife was, um, giving birth, you know, it was, it was like the same thing. I was just like, it was like I was cheering, like rooting her on on her, sending her project on the, on the rock or something. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, no, you know, I mean, I'm so in, just in the, in the middle of it, you know, we're in the thick of you know, our, our daughter's nine months old. Nine and, months. So you are in the thick um, of it. Are you sleeping yet? I'm sleeping sometimes. And, <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's amazing. Like I'm just so, so in love with her and, yeah, it just gives it gives a lot of perspective to 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 life, and I don't know. It really it's hard to com make any comparisons to climbing, but for me, it, it's enriched so many aspects of my life. And being a climber as well, like I feel. Um, what sort of things from climbing that you've learned have helped you in being uh -huh. a dad? I mean, the cool thing that I've experienced recently is just that's actually maybe helped my climbing. Being a dad has helped my climbing in that's a way. Cool is that you're just a little bit less attached, you know? Like for me, before before my daughter was born, like climbing is just such a source of like, you know, defining who I am as a person and you put so much importance on that. And so whether things go go the right way, you put a lot of, you know, mm. you know, that's really important. And if it goes bad, then you can be really frustrated and bummed out and, so there's a whole kind of psychological side of climbing that for me has has changed a lot. You know, it's not the priority anymore, you know, like it's it's definitely second fiddle to, to my daughter. And, and as a result, I go out climbing with a super free state of mind and just so appreciative to get to be outside and go climbing. And there's so much less uh, baggage connected to it, which is interesting that I feel actually um, enabled to just maybe even climb harder than, than in the past because awesome. you just kind of just have pure kind of joy going climbing and much easier to focus because it's the dream of everyone to, to do what they love as a profession. Right. But when you have, you know, unlimited time to do something, you don't really appreciate that time as no, well. So, no. um, you know, living, I lived for years with the backdrop of like the best cliffs in the world and, didn't necessarily make me a better climber and sometimes you know now i'm living in the city and i have a kid and i don't have as much free time and so i want it more and i when i do get it i appreciate it so much more so i think you know having distance from things makes you makes you appreciate it and um so anyways 
No, that's a really good answer. I think sometimes when we do what we love, we get attached to it to a point where it can be a little crippling and you've really maintained a good perspective your, your whole career and it's exciting. I've been hearing people saying you've been climbing better than ever and <laughs> and you know, you're you're not a spring chicken, but you look like super fit, so kind of are still Yeah, what's interesting, climbing is uh is a young sport still and I mean I'm super inspired by people like Kelly Slater that have been able to oh, yeah. you know, perform at such a high level for so long and I think Climbing is similar in a way that that you can continue to progress. I think the main thing is to to not get injured and to to maintain your level. You know, like I in the past I used to be able to take like a month off climbing and go straight to a climbing competition and win and no problem. And now if I don't climb for a month, I, I notice it. But yeah, I think there's definitely potential to to continue progressing. I know we don't have a lot of time because actually someone's making dinner right now. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap this up, but if, if you could go back and tell your 15 year old self one piece of advice, what would you tell them? Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard one, but, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of moments in our life that maybe we don't appreciate enough when, when they're happening, you know, and we're, worrying about stupid stuff, you know, and maybe I would say something like that to just, you know, try to appreciate all the the moments, even sometimes when, you know, you're not sure what's going on, but, you know, it's all part of, part of this bigger picture, right? And, you know, when you look back, you're like, that thing that I was worrying about, that was nothing, right? That's and good advice, especially to 15-year-olds. It's, it's just like, just take it all in and and just kind of like roll with it and give it, all that you have and you know i was wondering if you weren't a climber what would you be doing at this point it's really hard to know what i would be doing but uh i think i'm a pretty creative person i'm so probably be something connected with art or something some somehow i think uh, for me climbing and doing first ascents and finding new things in in nature to climb on that's a big part of that is creating these these sculptures in a way, these interactive sculptures. Mm. Um, that's one of the coolest things about finding, finding these pathways up these cliffs. It's like discovering something. And even though the cliff was already there, we're creating this interaction and it really is this artistic thing. And so for me, that's a big part of my inspiration for climbing. So I think if I wasn't doing that, you know, I'd be doing something like I mean, being in this house, you know, being in JK's house, I, he's such a creative guy, and I feel like I can identify with that a lot, you know, even with, like, the the house that I built, like, it just, you know, just having ideas and bringing them into reality, and it's, uh, that's something that I've always loved, so. Yeah, we're in a house with some really great art, and even a quote from Einstein on the wall about imagination being more important than knowledge, and it's just a really cool house. Um yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about, about back to climbing. Is is that the part you love best? Is it the aesthetic part, the challenge? I think it's, like I said, it's the, it is the aesthetic. It's all of that process. And it's also this this discipline of, um, for me, like at the beginning, climbing came pretty easy. Like it was, it just, uh, it flowed. I was pretty natural at it. And I think in that way, I didn't appreciate it completely um and as i've worked higher and higher towards you know climbing more and more difficult things 
I've had to work harder and harder at it. And one of the interesting things is the the more I've had to put into these projects, the the more satisfying they are. So I think it's you know working and giving your committing yourself you know a hundred percent and and really diving into something that maybe at the beginning seems like beyond you, and it forces you to you know improve and perfect yourself like you know climbing it's very it's it's very cool like that so i think that's that's one of the cool things it, it, it forces you to really fine-tune your all of your senses yeah it's, it sounds i mean i've done very little climbing i just love it like i'm obsessed now with cool. the climbing gym every day are there any mentors you have or people that have influenced you absolutely i've had a lot of a lot of great guidance along the way i mean JK here, uh, Beaver from Prana has been a super important person in my life. Uh, other climbers like Ron Kalk or Boone Speed or, you know, just different people. I've had a lot of my good friend Andy, my friend Sterling, um, a lot of different people that I've met along the, along the way that have influenced me. But, but I'd say to name a few, those are, those are some, those are some important things. people, yeah. Any books that you would recommend to others or books that really helped you over the years or that you're reading now? Um, I've definitely read a lot of books, uh, a lot of books about Buddhism. I mean, The, the Way of the Bodhisattva, the Dhammapada. Um, those, those two books in particular have been important for me. And uh, yeah, there's, I, I, would, I would like to start reading more. I honestly don't read enough right now. Is there any advice if you could fly like an eco-friendly plane around the world and it could read one message to the world right now? What would that message be? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just like, uh, like it's all good. Like, let's just step it down a notch and you know try to. That's pretty try. good advice. Step it down a notch. It's all good. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. And we're doing this over some wine, just so you know. Okay, last question. What's sort of next on your bucket list? And where can people find out more about you? Well, um, I'm excited for what I'm doing with uh, climbing gyms around the world. Um, that's kind of this new new endeavor of mine, but also just in my climbing. You know, we're I'm continuing all these different projects, trying to push my limits uh, even even farther. I'm working on a a project in Spain. It's a thousand foot wall that you know is is, is barely possible, and I've been wow. working on it for for about five years. So hoping to maybe accomplish that this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of just rolling with it, doing my thing, and just uh, you know, climbing is this thing that. I imagine with surfing as well, it's it's something that you can do for your whole life, you know, and, you know, you go through ups and downs and ins and outs and your relationship with climbing changes as you change as a person and it, it can, your experience deepens over the years and just still super passionate about what I do and I'm just so grateful and all the people that I get to do it with and um, and to be able to to share what I do with so many people, you know, through the, like uh, the YouTube channel that I, I've been making films for in the last year and just through all the different uh, platforms, you know, it's, it's great for me to, to share what I do with other people. It, it gives a lot of value to, for me, like to, 
to use what I do to inspire other people. It's, it's awesome. So it's chrissharma.com and then you have Instagram at Chris Sharma. Yeah. Your uh, YouTube channel is, is just... Uh, Sharma channel. Sharma channel. Chris Sharma we'll, channel. We'll find it. Yeah. And we'll post it in the yeah. show notes. Chris, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. Just just a joy to interview and a joy to watch climb. So we'll probably be coming to visit you in Spain. Yeah, next. please come visit us in Barcelona. Everybody's welcome. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Afterwards, I got to see some footage of Chris climbing in action and it is absolutely stunning to watch. If you go to chrissharma.com, he actually has a YouTube channel. You can see him in action. He also has some stunning images on his site. So definitely check him out. Thanks to JK for hosting us. Thanks to Prana for introducing us. Thanks to Chris and his Spanish buddies for coming over and doing the podcast. And thanks to you all for listening to this podcast, for subscribing, and for telling your friends as we are continuing to double every episode. It's quite awesome to watch. Don't forget wherever you are, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.